0: Here we are. Another beautiful day. Who are you? You're Sandy Mackey. I am. Yeah, you are. Who are you? I'm Al Curtis.
1: Al Curtis. Al Curtis, you have come a long way since we threw a launch party for a pool at the original pool that had two levels that you built in Brighton a number of years ago
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I remember we we were just learning how to throw a launch party. We actually found a time when the homeowners were going to be
2: uh, gone mm-hmm.
1: and we asked if we could borrow the pool to do a party. Since then we've learned that shall the invite there. the homeowners Correct. because it just it's a better scenario all around, although like we were we were new to the concept and we were trying things anyway. I do recall we did some interviews before, during, after, and you were quite uncomfortable
0: I was very with uncomfortable with all of it
1: the whole party yeah. idea
0: yeah, it was there was a sense of vulnerability there that I can still feel right now. That first time, showcasing and sharing with the people that we love and the people that we just met and potential clients and and all of that was there was an anxiousness around it for me. And granted, the project was sensational, is yeah. sensational. Yeah. And there was nothing to be embarrassed about. There's nothing to be frightened about. There was nothing to be anything other than proud of.
2: Vulnerable about. But.
0: But the vulnerability part is that I was sharing with the world now what I do, not just sharing with the people that I was doing it for. And I remember being pretty unnerved by that and not real comfortable. And I know setting that party up, you know, hindsight, it'd be great to have the homeowner there because then they could talk about the project and all of that, but we had to do it that way because it made sense for what we knew. And it was certainly a success. Yeah. Uh, and it led to a whole lot of discovery about how to promote this thing that we love to do. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, that was a vulnerable time for me. I felt, I felt, I, and I don't know why. Again, that project was sensational. I mean, it was miles above, skyrockets above anything that I've ever done before. And which, which kind of is, a, there's a something to be said about that project as well. So I remember going into that after I met them. And then coming up with this idea understanding the challenges with the yard and then coming up with the concept that we ended up doing with the two levels and based on their trip to hawaii and a pool that had waterfalls and slides from one level to the next and presenting that then to them we had done a model
2: mm-hmm.
0: which was probably our first was probably our first model so Did it was pretty simple
1: pictures of you
0: showcasing the model could be could be but it was it was really archaic and new although cutting edge at the time Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and i remember presenting that model which they were over the moon with thought it was the coolest thing ever and then i presented the numbers and that was that was a far cry jump from anything we'd done before And I don't know if I knew the numbers ahead of time. I know that I write the numbers the way I see them, and then you modify them based on what you understand that we need to how need it to work. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I reviewed the numbers. And I think it was as much of a surprise to the homeowner as it was to me when I opened that packet of information up. And looking at them, pointing at them, reading them to them, you know, in my heart, I have no idea how someone's going to respond. No clue. And they didn't blink. And they said, "Well, we realized it was going to be somewhere around there." And to me, that was such a relief because, in my mind, it was such a far cry and a big step from what I had done before. That, like, I was so used to the lack mentality of people not having enough to get started, let alone having a lot to do more. So that's that's something to think about from the perspective of of the salesman, and then the the company is when you play in a pond of water that only holds fish so big, you start to think that's the biggest that fish are. Mm -hmm. And that was me having for so long fought and struggled, mostly within myself, but fighting and struggling to get the deal, get signed the deal, get the whatever, that you get caught up in that competitive part of the world and somehow There's like this finite amount of money that people have and everyone's fighting for it. And that's so not true. But that's kind of where I was, is that I was so conditioned and consumed with that idea of getting the next deal and having it priced right so that we're more competitive and whatever. And this this was a good example of stepping out of that and realizing that now we're no longer in a competitive world. They can't competitively bid this stuff out. They can't go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. They could try, and someone could come up with something similar maybe, but not likely, knowing what I knew about the industry then. Now, for sure, what we're doing would, is, would be impossible to shop. But I remember those those were anxious moments for me, right from the beginning of that, that whole deal, because it was, it was a new territory.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's become the normal bland blah so the vulnerability
1: that you felt then we have a launch party coming up on friday for once upon a time do you feel the same vulnerability these days not a
0: bit no i think social proof and track record i want everyone to get it i want everybody now to absorb it and to be able to see all of it and i know that that's one thing i do know and it saddens me and yet delights me that someone that will only get one chance to be there like most of these people who will come that night
2: mm-hmm.
0: will never get to see it again so they'll never see the depth of the detail of what's there mm-hmm. because the first time around you're going to see the obvious i mean the homeowner after having lived with it for this long is still seeing the details that he never saw before and mentioning them. So can't even imagine. And then we're doing more now because we've added some other things. But so there's all these layers of things that people will never, ever see. And it reminds me of when we did Katie's wedding here and we did the reception. Mm -hmm. And it was all for her. Katie's my oldest. And it was all, really, in my mind, it it was just all for her day. It was for all of us to have fun, but it was like her day. And... She saw this much of what we had done. Yeah. In the moment of it, there's so much going on. And there was so many details. And we did a crazy, crazy cool reception party. That it wasn't until later that she saw pictures. And she said, where was this? Where was that? Where was? like these big monumental things that she didn't even see. Yeah. Because it was all just environment. And that's okay because your brain is filling in the spaces. And it's, it's creating a, a feeling around the environment. That's the most important Mm-hmm. But then there's a point where you want people to catch the details of it. Right. And you want people to see, look at these hand-carved, woven, made, painted, designed things that are just part of the environment, but they're beckoning you in, like like all the shadow boxes. I mean, what person, I, I would hope that they all do, but they won't, go from one and spend five minutes, and then the next, you know, you go, oh, hey, there's one, there's one, there's one, and, but they'll really have no concept of, the amount of level of detail that went into making the, each one of those spectacular. Yeah. You know, and then there's a, there's a thousand little things well, like that around.
1: us let's, let's give people a roadmap. So from arriving at Once Upon a Time, we're gonna park the car. We are going to walk down the pathway toward the backyard. We're going to go through the secret garden gates. We're going to walk...
0: Likely partially finished secret game. <laughs> partially finished. But yes.
1: And then we'll be walking into the backyard where there is now a tree of life greeting you on the patio because oopses sometimes become some magical of greatest art. Some details. Mm-hmm. And that oops is courtesy of some plumbing and concrete that we're figuring out how to live together. And I've only seen pictures at this point, but that is magical. And then you kind of come around and see this whole scape unfold in front of your eyes. And it is hard to know what to look at first. I think I often look at the cottage first you,
0: you can't at the help same it. time yeah.
1: as the kitchen but then my brain because i have different interests and responsibilities at the project then my brain jumps to noticing all the details right. that need to be finished and is the pool clean and does it look like it's running properly and is everything functioning like it should is anything out of place so that's what my brain does mm-hmm. so what does your brain do but then what should somebody coming for the first time what should their brain do
0: I think the first thing first would be just sort of do an overview. Not be distracted by people as much as you want to say hello and hug and whatever. I I kind of think that the first experience should be to walk in and just accept it. Kind of get the feel. Even for that matter, lean up against the deck against the house and just sort of observe it. Observe should
1: we, as you're explaining this, I'm almost wondering if we should like corral people and give them like a way to well, absorb it so well that I, I think there's the experience
0: probably because there's so much and the human brain at least the majority of the human brain is oh this oh that oh this oh that and they want to just keep going mm-hmm. and and i would like to slow people way down and maybe it's get them to take the journey from one end all the way around to the other fairly quickly we could
1: have docents at
0: our process something yeah something let them go around but then not assume they've seen it mm-hmm. i think that's the thing is is let's somehow figure out how to explain to people just because you've seen it you absolutely have not seen it
1: that leads me to another uh, un- unless idea. unless we
0: do like a treasure hunt kind
1: of like the secret garden my favorite mm-hmm. garden of all times that i discovered was on mackinac island And it's just a garden like any other, Mm -hmm. well done. But they placed these, like there was an umbrella, and there was a tin can something. And then there was like this legend at the edge of the yard, and it said, can you find these things? So we could almost do a treasure hunt, or we could have, we could do something like that. Although that's getting into a lot of work, but it is. you never know.
0: But even if we can get people to think that, because there's... The, the details there are everywhere. They're mm-hmm. all-encompassing, all-inclusive. And every place you look, there's color, there's flash, there's interest. Yeah. there's and, and, and I really think that as people walk through that, they'll tend to say... Because I think that our capacity to understand it, we're around it all the time. So seeing lots of color and seeing is no big deal because we do it all day, every day. Our minds are full of it. But I think people's capacity fills up really quickly and it's like okay I saw it which we know try this one go to an antique shop go to a flea market and walk through the entire thing and then walk it a second time and you realize all of the stuff you missed you saw literally nothing because your brain is so distracted Mm -hmm. and I kind of think that's what happens here is there's so much distraction and then if you decide to engage with it and you want to go swimming and then swim into the grotto, yeah. there's a whole other world that's inside there. That in and of itself is a 15 minute journey. Speaking of what's really cute yesterday, all the dogs are swimming. Yeah. You know, there's the waterfall coming mm-hmm. over the face of it. And Callie goes right around the waterfall and goes in and disappears. I'm yelling for her, I'm sure she can't hear me because it's loud and you know, yeah. the noise. And and the the the, the sun was there and he's like, I can't see her in there. Oh, here she comes! And five, six, seven, eight minutes later, she swims out of it and she keeps going. It was kind of the fun. It was the I'm coolest, glad sweetest that thing.
1: You didn't say she had like a dwarf
0: with her. Nope, head. nope. I, I, I'm assuming she must have gone in there, sat on the, on bench, the bench for a minute or yeah. something, and then because otherwise she would have swam right in and swam back out. She didn't. She was yeah. clearly in there for a period of time. Oh, so she must have been like looking around. I mean, you just only wonder what a dog would be doing. Yeah. But like that alone, is. The detail that most people would that ever expect out of the, an entire project, right. squished into one little space.
1: We will need to remind everybody, whether you are an adult or not an adult, you're getting in that pool at the party because you'll miss you'll miss a really miss fine special detail. Don't get in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah it will be. That's
0: what's here. really fun is there's that destination piece there. That requires you to interact with it, not just look at it. Yeah. You have to get in, you have to get wet, and you have to go in there. But if you miss that point, I think you you can't explain it. You you can't explain it. That's a whole magical world that happens that is hiding from the world because you want you think that you understand cottage, therefore cottage interior of cottage.
2: Yeah. No. Not that at all. Yeah.
0: So there's that part, that interactive part. But then I do think there is just a, conceptually, all of the pieces, how they work together and they grow upon each other, there's so much there. And I hope that people take the time. I mean, granted, we want them to listen to music. We want them to talk and converse and whatever. But I would also hope that they would absorb a little piece of who we are. Because that's really who we are. What we've done there, all of us co- collectively, all of the people involved, there's a piece of us there. Right down to the finest details of the, you know, the Mickeys on the edge of the bar to, mm-hmm. you know, those are details that could easily get mixed, missed. Yeah. Could easily go, oh, yeah, well, it's just normal when you've never seen anything like that before. And when you look at all those fine little details, uh, it's it's pretty spectacular. It is yeah. Hmm. So that's what I would hope happens next Friday. Um, whether it does or not, it'll be what it'll be. Mm-hmm. I I won't be vulnerable in the same way. I don't think that I left any room for... Well, okay, I, I there's things I could do have done better and do, done more of, but I think that we filled the bucket full on that one. Yeah. And I think that because of that my vulnerability diminishes because I, I don't look at it and go, well, I should have done this, I should have done this, I should have done this. There's a few things clearly I would do different. I learned, I, like every project I learned, and that one, that project is completely unique in terms of how it was built. That's something we've never talked about in terms of how we built that one very differently than any pool has ever been built. Structurally, how we put it together, we have two levels, we have all these things going on. And it, it's built like a traditional vinyl pool, but it's shot with gunite from the backside of the wall. There's there's a lot of finely done details there that no one will ever understand how that was put together. Yeah. Um, and yet another really interesting thing about that project: it, it's probably the most photographed pool in Michigan because there have to be hundred pictures a day taken of that pool. Oh yeah, it's right on the golf course, on the golf and course. everybody stops
1: mm-hmm. and
0: takes a picture. It's really kind of interesting. I
1: do have a treat for the golfers coming. I don't know that it will be here in time for the party, but there will be something added to the additional art installation that will be going in specifically for the golfers. So we had thought too, when we had embarked on this project along with lazy river, that we would get to do some kind of a party bus taking us from one to the other. And then this year happened and schedules got all thrown out the window. So as interesting as Once Upon a Time gets into the the mini, mini details. Mm-hmm. Lazy River is a project that we've worked on in the same time period that has a magnitude of details, which also will be something for people uh, to experience yeah. again
0: no, no like doubt about no it. other project no, no doubt about it yeah that one is on a whole we're I once upon a time is on, end a, end on a on a micro level day. yeah once uh, you know lazy river is on a macro level and yeah. it's massive yeah. and it's massively cool so i,
2: so
0: I do think though it, there might be room for a a party bus double tour just because kind of a thing um Interestingly enough, I think it could be a, this
1: week.
2: No, 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 no. In but I mean, in, in general, future.
0: in the future. Yeah. I mean, I think that there'd be room for mm-hmm. those. Those two are hallmark a new set, a new, set a new standard. Yeah, they absolutely set a new standard in terms of what a project can be. Right. Mm-hmm. On a macro and a micro level. Yeah. You know, and and there's there's so much to be said for expansive in space and and mm-hmm. trying to fill space, but then there's also something to be said for taking a finite amount of space and jamming the coolest amount of stuff into it yeah you know and that's where you know lazy river could have just kept spreading and spreading and spreading as much as it already did it could continue to spread because there's space for it whereas you know once upon a time there was this finite amount of space and you can't go out so you go in you know Mm. and all of a sudden you shrink down to each of the detail the fine details of Of some pretty crazy cool stuff that happens there.
1: So, before we got into the building of Once Upon a Time, I don't know that we knew just how cool the homeowners were going to be. And I think...
0: We had an inkling that they were cool, but we didn't know.
1: Yeah, the reason that the project, I think, got even more spectacular... Is because the homeowners allowed that, played with that, enticed that, like we're able to do it. So I was so the question that I was formulating in my head is how do we explain kind of the customer process? Meaning we're talking about expansive details and little details, and how do we know? Who we can build these for. Mm-hmm. And I know that on the front side of Lazy River, we met Bud and Vera, and the, the um, amazingness of them that the allowed us the, to create yep, mm-hmm. for them, like that was there. Mm-hmm. And then once upon a time, like it was a little bit more subtle, but then it became
2: uh, I don't know how to so,
0: so if that? we look at the, the that's a great uh, study of the two different customers. Yeah. And we build incredibly cool stuff for both of them, but let's look at kind of the subtle differences. So Bud and Vera in The Lazy River, he was wide open to ideas, and he was just like a, a child, yeah. a grown man child excited about what could be. And that's what allowed me to play, I don't think they ever imagined Again, difference between one client versus another. I don't think they ever imagined, like, creating a whole Caribbean village slash whatever. Yeah. To them, it was how could we make a really cool functional pool and lazy river and a big slide? And, you know, because Vera wanted the slide. Yeah. But I don't think that they, their style of life, would have kind of dreamed up the level. Yeah. Right, because they were they were pragmatic and practical but but fun-loving and free and willing to let us go with it. But, yeah. but they had very, and I wouldn't say simple ideas, but, but more pragmatic, more practical. How yeah. it could all be used in the space could be used, but be really cool. Right. They let us choose the cool factor, which right. is really cool. Now let's look at Once Upon a Time, and Laurie and Kevin are magical. They, they live in the world of being thrilled by the magical Ideas of Disney and suspension of disbelief and you know, I mean really when The epitome of it was the epitome of it for me was When we put that first part of the roof up on the cottage and I could see in Kevin's face like oh I don't know me and Laurie aren't sure about what this is gonna be yeah. and when I showed him the picture and just a look on his face I said it's enchanting and and he got it at that moment but all he was looking for was the reassurance of being thrilled. And it wasn't for him.
2: Yeah. It
0: was his thrill for how she would feel about it. But so they live in this kind of magical world of possibility and what it can be and what it could be and how I could be titillated and excited by the experience.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Bunvira lived in more of this pragmatic, practical world, but wanted more. So they're very right. two different places, but they kind of meet in the middle somewhere they that, do. you know, and that's why it's been fun on on both cases, because yeah. one is very magical, magic driven. The, the idea of Disney and the idea of that is is yeah. more magical. Right. It's more childlike, letting go of childlike who you are wonder and wonder, and, the Wonderman, yeah. Right. And And that's why that project really suited them versus... lazy river which very much suits
1: lazy river makes a statement and it's like you said just taking over so much space but then i love the way that it's anchored by the village that became a part of it and the walls with the boats and all i now when i think of lazy river like i'm picturing myself in the grotto but i'm also just picturing looking at the walls with the boats, where my fish are, my fish Mm -hmm. art, because that's just super magical Mm -hmm. too, and the boat on the building. And so like my mind is going to the details while like hanging on to the all encompassing vibe of, of being there because it's larger than life. And then once upon a time is like larger than life, but smaller. Smaller than than life. life Yeah. In in a lot of respects
0: it's smaller because it's into the fine details and that's where like the idea growing the idea wherever it came from with the the boats as the as the fence that works perfectly in that environment, we couldn't yeah. use that same thing in, the, in no. the once upon a time environment. Because
1: they would be it, way it would, too it
0: would be it's, it's, it's way too much, but right? If,
2: but you but you because
0: couldn't. we had this expanse that we had to, we had yeah. to draw people into a finite spot, boats were perfect for that.
1: And you can't put once upon a time at Lazy River because no. the scale of it doesn't match the space. And mm-hmm. what's magical and perfect for one customer in one spot cannot be just transplanted to another spot for another customer, which is why they are so well developed for each, each. Mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. and each space.
0: Well, I think that's where So,
1: how does that happen? Okay, so put that into words.
0: So, here's how that happens is at least on my part is over the years I've become spatially aware and then compositionally aware this is the stuff that people don't talk about. They want to talk about design. They want to talk about putting it down on paper. And, and they want to talk about how can we formulate a plan to make sure that this goes off in a precise and whatever. And pick
1: something out of this catalog and stick right. it in your custom yard. The kind of custom
0: plastic world. Yeah. Where I've learned to be more cognizant and aware of spatially what do we have to work with. Uh, how can I maximize... The fun factor and the cool factor and all of that within the space that we have, there's two parts of that. There's the physical space, but then there's the composition space. And this is again, something people do not talk about in our industry. They don't talk about the overall composition. They talk about a feature. We have a fireplace over here. We have a swim up bar over here. We have a raised hot tub over here. They kind of have these we compartmental have of boxes. Of yeah. Patio. Yeah. Right. They, but, they, but they. But they, they don't. Re- they together. don't really step back and think about when I add these layers of patio to each of those features put together, and I stand right here. How does it please my Speaking eye?
1: Speaking of, have we put a handrail
0: up yet? We haven't. Okay. And if I stand over there and I look this way, how does that make me feel? And then if I go down those steps and I go over there and I look this way, what what does that mean? And that's the composition part where most people don't want to think about that. They want to think about how can I do the pragmat- the practical part of installing the swimming pool vessel, whatever it's made of. And then do we build a feature on the side of it? Do we not? Do we retain? Do we not? But they don't really think about the overall composition. How is this? How are all of these elements working together to make me feel? And I'll give you a great example of that. So we I met, we, I met with a client here this past week or so that is living in a uh, Frank Lloyd Wright designed home. And he wanted me to go to the master bedroom balcony to overlook the area. And what was really interesting, and I, I made note of it, and I said it out loud was, uh, most of Frank Lloyd Wright's houses have the have the real large awning instead of having a you know a two foot awning over you know um, overhang over the house. This was has like a an eight foot overhang over the the roof line comes over the house and it creates this cover over your balcony. But it's really low, like I could put my hands up and it was right here. So this balcony was really low and it comes way out, and completely changes the feel. It like cozied up this space, mm-hmm. so you're standing on this balcony and you're almost being wrapped with the house, hmm. as opposed to if there was nothing there or the balcony or you know the it was a normal eight foot ceiling or you could and you couldn't touch it it would have had a completely different feel. But this was low enough that I wasn't going to hit my head. I was in no danger of hitting my head, mm-hmm. but you could feel you could feel there's something above you, mm-hmm. and it created a really interesting and unique feeling. Yeah. Uh, You know, not just visually, because you could look up and see it, great. But it made you feel much different than an open space above you.
1: Explaining that, one of the features I really like at Once Upon a Time is how tall their back deck is with that roof line, which opens it up and allows Mm -hmm. the magic to unfold. Mm -hmm.
0: That 's why I think that from that deck mm. perspective, there's so much yeah. of the overlooked potential because you 're right you 're not sitting way up on this deck, which the the deck is way above the pool mm-hmm. but but it 's not like the then the house is right over the yeah, top of you it's thirty so feet up to the top yeah. of yeah. the and that just gives you this grand almost the you know the grand the yeah. yeah it's the grand feeling of
1: like the, theater. the symphony the opens, theater yep. like that's mm-hmm. kind of like you're you're mm-hmm. on stage but then here's here's where it yeah. happens that's, a,
0: that's very much a, it's a great yeah. representation and it's a great mm-hmm. point
1: yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. so i as you're talking about this too and i'm thinking about composition i'm thinking about like miners' pool and the composition of that and how it's so perfect for them and with their house. And then I'm thinking of Bose on the lake and how you took this non-functional, completely sloped yard and created tiers of interest and zen vibes. Mm -hmm. I know that we have video and we have photos of all these projects. Like for me, I just want to revisit each of them and have a discussion about the composition and things like that. Yet that would also be perhaps overwhelming, even to me.
2: <laughs> but well, how do you, well, how you're, can we into in words some you're more of it. this? Yeah,
0: that that's the concept. challenge is you're in it and surrounded with it all the time.
1: Because Someone, they're, that's spectacular. Absolutely, like, they're all mm-hmm. spectacular.
0: Mm-hmm. It's figuring out. And that's why I... And then
1: think about tunings, how we built Pleasant Valley Rustic. And it's a little rustic, but it's like on this expansive hobby farm and just... You have to try to use the space for it to make sense. spaces and mm. meadowy, mm. and mm. like... Well, and that's
0: the thing is no two spaces is the same or even close. Even if... Thinking
1: of, we should talk about the outdoor kitchen with them too. Yeah,
0: even if you get into subdivisions, which are... You know, fairly small lots, and they're usually Mm -hmm. fairly uniform. Even that isn't the same. Even
1: you could put a pirate ship in one of those. Yeah,
0: absolutely. (laughs) It's amazing what can be done when you break the the mold of the expected, what you think it should be, Mm -hmm. and you kind of play in the world of possibility. There's so much potential there to do really cool stuff. It's certainly harder to do in a subdivision. Uh, we Although just, it can be done. It, it can be done. Like yeah. Road to Hana, you would never imagine. When you walk in the backyard, you would never imagine you're in a subdivision. Mm. Just the contour of what's there, the, shape, the weird shape of their property line, uh, the way that the trees worked out with the hill and all of that, you walk into that space and you're transformed into another world. And yet, there's a house right here, there's a house right here, there's one across the street, and there's 40 <laughs> of them down the street. Wow, yeah. And so it's it's that idea is how can you take a space and make it fully unique. Sometimes you can't. At least I'm. sometimes I haven't figured out how to do it. But we've done a pretty good job, even in subs and tight yards and stuff, not my ideal way of working. However, we've certainly done it. And you just have to think about spatially, you have to think about it differently. You have to think about how to create privacy without the typical bush, bush, tree, bush, bush, tree, that everyone else wants to do. You have to look at how you can capture you well, know, and with, create a room
1: with the right mix of things, starting with the right homeowner
0: absolutely becomes it, it yeah, yeah. possible yeah without the right homeowner, no matter what you do, it's gonna fall flat yeah. and i I do think that that's the the while I love the guys and gals out there building pools that I know, I do think that the majority of their work falls flat. It's acceptable, it's fine, you know what fine is to me. It's fine. I mean, people are happy to pay it and they're thrilled with it, which is good. Yeah. I wouldn't be thrilled with it. Right. And now I'm not the I'm not the final say on anything, but certainly in my world I would not that would not be acceptable enough. Yeah. And as a net result, you know, people don't know what they don't know. But when we can find the right customer that just gets it, yeah. and I think what it takes more than anything else is to just let go. You gotta be full of apprehension on the front side, and yep, you can. I can tell you stories of all the customers who we built for and how awesome they all turned, It all turned out, but you're still gonna be apprehensive. Yeah. But I think there's that shift that happens when you just kind of let go. And if you're, if you can do that, magic will happen. If you can't do that. We're going to fight an uphill battle till we're done. Why live like that if we don't have to? Let's
1: let the magic happen. Let's
0: let it happen and we can we can speak about it. we could do a hundred videos talking about it and make someone watch every single one of them. but until they're in it and they feel it, yeah. they'll never know what it means to let go until they surrender and they let go.
1: That is true. Okay, so speaking of the videos and making people watch all the videos, I was trying to figure out how to get a total of the videos that we have on YouTube because I was curious the other day. And I don't have the exact number right now, it's not critical to this conversation, but it's in the realm of 3,400. Do you remember (laughs) when we had, when we started doing video I don't know what I'm not saying. Speak
0: your truth, Um, woman. What are you not saying? So,
1: yeah, it would, somebody would have to watch 3,400 videos right now to consume all all of our videos that we have on YouTube. When we started really getting serious about video, and we were... 3,400. When we were getting serious, do you remember how many videos we started with? Was it like... I mean, we had like 120 or something.
0: It was, it was, the numbers weren't super big. They weren't. I would have to go back and look at my notebooks to
1: see where we were. And we started Marketing Club with a group of people. And instrumentally... That that one was
0: specifically surrounding the Seth Godin program, wasn't it?
1: And very um, substantially surround yourself like people that you want to grow and change with i guess is part of my thought process here in the videos because we were in the group and some people are game and some people are not and we got into friendly competition with Rendell's the stain foo folks and carpet cleaning and we would throw challenges out there with each other i'm going to do this many videos and i'll do this many videos and really that being accountable to that friendly competition is what got us talking more on video and got us doing even more of this so i I would have to give them credit i I would
0: i would imagine
1: spurring us along
0: it seems to me that we were ahead of everybody in that room
2: we were in terms
0: of videos although it's not like it's not like we were miles ahead no we probably had Four or 500 videos okay. total I'm thinking okay I, I know you're thinking less yeah, but I don't perhaps. think so yeah. I think that we we're far enough ahead that someone could look at it and go oh, well,
2: 400 we'll
0: videos yeah versus oh 150 because yeah. I know our challenge was like we're going to do 100 videos yeah. and they said we're going to do 20 but you know when we'd done 400 100 wasn't so bad when you've done 20 doing 20 more was a lot mm-hmm. and somehow we made the decision to just stay with it yeah and just continue to do video after video oh. after video talking about pools and then the, uh, like our most popular videos today aren't me yeah they're other people talking about processes and fixing and cleaning pools and stuff
1: because the that's majority okay of people yeah. who own a pool that's would what need they're going to look for how to vacuum mm-hmm. it and, and you're not
0: going to catch me typically doing a doing va- how to vacuum a swimming pool and and yet, you know, and that's what's kind of interesting when you look at it. So, the number of videos that I'm in specifically yes. will have a lot of minimal number of views per week, per month, per whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of them.
1: Well, I know when we were building Bose the Zen Pool, there's a lot of philosophy that we have you talking about specifically mm-hmm. at their pool because it was kind of the perfect combination of a close enough project it wasn't too hard for me to get to to film spending time up there helping capture some of those so while we could go on a a look back tour now at all of our projects we really during the process captured all of that so we do have like the philosophy that we have has refined, and you can watch it. It's, its, it's still the same
0: philosophy, but it's refined through yes. the videos. Yep.
1: But we really started well, doing that all then.
0: And I think that in those years, those projects, we did spend a lot of time talking about our philosophical way, our yeah. certain way. And I don't think that we talk so much about that anymore because we've already said those things or certain way hasn't really it. changed yeah instead of talking about it our lives are that in every yeah. in every way
1: we started talking about the way that we wanted things to be and then we stopped talking about it when we started living, living that more way, that really way mm-hmm. and now we continue to talk about even on a whole
0: nother level, Mm -hmm. this... Well, there's there's the nuances of life and and understanding the relationship between people and contractor and, 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 you know, and customer. And I think there's so much there that we've... The uh, aha moments continue to happen with us and we recognize better now how to do things, how to not do things, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. And that's, I think that's where we tend to spend more of our time talking yeah. today. So but, we, but we could easily go into the philosophical marketing reasons of why we are who we are, mm-hmm. but we've kind of covered that. That hasn't changed. It's evolved. It's, it's refined itself. But the overall of who we are hasn't changed. We've refined a lot of the pieces of who we are, which is amazing, but... The reasons why haven't changed very much, I don't think. Right.
1: We used to talk a lot about a countdown of the Mm -hmm. number of projects left. And then we got out of the habit of discussing that. And I don't know. I was just exploring mentally what I thought about that. So I figured I'd voice it and see Mm -hmm. what you think. Any one of our projects right now could be still in the countdown too. we're not quite finished yet but something that i've recently realized is any one of our projects also could be the, the last, last one. at a- this
0: point
2: amen
1: so if you'd watched before and you knew al's countdown and the number of years he thought he would continue building and how many were left like that was a really good activity for us to do and explain to people putting some parameters on this like body of work that you plan to do. And I think this year, more than anything, I realized if the right things come along, then the choice will be simple to to do them. And if for any reason that stops happening, the body of work is as it is complete at this
0: point it, it will always be complete from this point forward yeah. there's no doubt about it yeah and this year has proven to me the the emotional roller coaster of of living through the the covid 20s you know and, and yeah. all of that uh while i have it in me to design and build greater cooler crazier funner amazing things i also um are, am completely content to say maybe that's the last one yeah. And not, not be, oh, that's my last one. And not be anxious about it or worried about it. Yeah. But, uh, but there's, it's a, there's a, really a, good place. it's a really as good place. Challenging, just as just as like bed, it was a good place a good when we place. said we have 75 pools left. We have yeah. 60 pools left. We have 48 pools left, whatever it was. Those numbers, because they quantified the period of time it was going to take. It wasn't, they quantified you know, it wasn't like medial, ambiguous. They
1: quantified mm-hmm. a state of mental
0: awareness Mm -hmm. well and also it's not like i worked a corporate job and i can retire at 62 so now i know i have eight years seven years four years three years two years one year you know this is a very different ambiguous thing it's just like i could go until i can't move anymore or until i finally break something or you know whatever so instead it was a way of saying do i really want to do something that i don't enjoy when i only have X amount of quantity right. left in my life. Well, And it was just, a, it was certainly a trick yeah. for me.
1: We talked about the number of projects that were left and we talked about the scope that we had hoped the projects would be. And I think that also helped knowing that they would broaden because we had to broaden the way that we thought about it. But I know also on the other side of things for you was, well, what would I do if not pools? And again, our thinking and discussing has allowed us to develop mm-hmm. the ideas around what that would look like
0: mm-hmm. and so. I think that it was important for me also to understand and I remember one specific conversation when we were back in the early days of figuring out what the numbers were left to do and realizing that as the as the numbers went down the projects got bigger yeah and then it was a place for me to play in my mind of what if i only had 10 left you know how would i leverage that to titillate the world as to Mm -hmm. who would you know because the the desire would go up but the the demand would go way up but the supply would go way down and now you have this teeny tiny supply left with this massive demand who's going to be the one to get it which Mm -hmm. goes to what's happened over the last couple weeks of us saying how does someone get our attention in a new way? And then someone sends in a video prospecting us to be their pool people. Uh, And and so you go, the supply goes down, the, the demand goes high. How do we deal with that? And I think that in those early days of figuring that out for me was magic because it allowed me to go, if I only had so much left, how would I dole it out? And would I dole it out to just anyone? No. How many times did you say, do you really want that to be mm. your number 35? Yeah. And it would be, ugh, no. I mean, I like them, but do I really want that to be one of the last ones in my career? Yeah. And so it, that allowed me to play in my mind a little bit about what do I really want? Because we live in a world where most people never really figure out what they want. What
2: they really this
0: want. was a way of tricking my stupid brain, because sometimes I have a stupid brain, to just break out of its out of its mold and say, what is it that I really want? and by doing that that was just a trick that worked for us and sometimes people ask today well how many are left i don't even know yeah. it doesn't really matter it mattered then because it was allowed it allowed me to, to, to create the framework now the last one that we work on could be the last and one we'll, ever built
1: and the last one will be the last it one will and, be. and if we took the time to reverse engineer what numbers they were i bet that the universe already has it worked out that Prob- it likely does going to match. Mm-hmm.
0: likely it does As the as the projects get more intricate and more interesting and more detailed. I mean that's really where all the fun is. The fun is not in building the pool itself. That's the that's the snooze part of it. Yeah. We can do that with our eyes closed. Anybody you can you can train a monkey to build that part. Everything else. It's it's all of the rest of it that makes all of the difference in the world. And when we play there and we forget about the pool, that's when the magic happens.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good note to wrap this episode of...
0: Whatever this is. Conversations
1: this with Sandy and Elle. Sometimes we call it a podcast. Sometimes, sometimes it's, a p- it's just a poor video. Pool guy
0: and pool girl, and sometimes it's yeah. just us talking. Yeah. And
1: In any but event, it's captured forever. It is always legendary and... This has been a really good one for me. My my mind has gone to a lot of really cool places, and it makes me happy.
0: That's why we do it.
1: Yeah. Hi, I'm Sandy Mackey.
0: And I'm Elle Curtis.
1: And you are listening to Conversations with Ask the Pool Guy.
0: And Ask the Pool Girl.